straight from WCHL Studios in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. It's the Sibling Rivalry Sports Show with Chris and C.L. Brown. Rejoining us tonight, Twitter celebrity, according to his profile picture, and News and Observer beat reporter Jonathan Alexander. Also, an extended and spirited conversation about the NCAA pay-for-likeness declaration. The only pay-for-likeness that I feel I deserve is because I'm your queen. For real, though. Sibling Rivalry Sports. And now, Sibling Rivalry Sports presents Coach Bill Belichick in Moments in History. These moments in history are descending in time. Bill Belichick in Moments of History. Hey, Bill, you won your fifth Super Bowl. What do you have to say? We're moving on. Six rings, them. Six rings, them. We're moving on. Hey, Bill, Martin Luther King Jr. just gave his I Have a Dream speech. What do you have to say? We're moving on to freedom. Hey, Bill, we won World War II. What do you have to say? We're moving on. All creeds, huh? Hey, Bill, uh, Alexander Graham Bell just created the telephone. We're moving on to rings, dummy. <clears throat> hey, Bill, we just won the Revolutionary War. We're moving on from kingdom. Hey, Bill, Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. Hallelujah. CL! What's up, good people? <laughs> or I should say, we're moving on to the playback. <laughs> Bill Belichick. He get it done now. I told you one time I was uh I stood beside him at a buffet. It was well it was it it was it was at a Kentucky Derby party. Um that uh that Rick Patino used to throw. And uh yeah, Bilichek was there one time and, and we happened to be getting I think I was getting like pineapple or something. Something like that. We happened to be at the same table at the same time. I told you that before. No. Yeah. I I started to say something to him but I didn't say anything. I just oh. let that man get his food in peace. Oh okay. I was gonna tell him I was a Steeler fan, first and foremost. But <laughs> You know, but also I was going to tell him I respect what they do, what he did. But, you know. Huh. Nice. I was hoping I was hoping he'd, he'd give you a little, you know, a little gesture or something like a little. Dude, I, you know what? To be honest with you. He I've gave seen, me an not Like he acknowledged my presence. Sure. Just a little head nod. Yeah. Sure. yeah but. No, you know what? I've seen him laugh a lot more than he's he's giving credit for. <laughs> I feel like I see that guy laugh all the time. That's funny. Well, we had some big news this week with the NCAA uh, working group um, uh, that was appointed by the President Board of Governors coming up with an announcement on name, image, and likeness and allowing uh, athletes to benefit from them, from it. But I don't think it went far enough. So uh, we're going to get into that right now. Hit the playback. So yeah, this this statement. I mean, first and foremost, I think the the writing is on the wall 
like because of legislation, we already seen California pass a bill um, that doesn't go into effect until 2023, I believe. But that that is saying that athletes can profit from their name, image and likeness. Uh, Pennsylvania, Florida, Illinois, South Carolina. Um, I can't even remember all the states, but the, the ball is rolling. And the, a bunch of states have proposed legislation, not necessarily passed anything yet, that essentially falls in under the same umbrella as what California did. And so it's going to happen. So the NCAA, rather than waiting for the government and laws to enact this they're trying to get in front of it now and do it in an ncaa kind of way but the problem with this announcement first (laughs) one of many problems with this announcement is they're basically passing it on to more committees so it's going to be more talk you know before there's everything anything ever firm but the wording in their announcement instead of saying athletes can profit they said benefit. And then they used the phrase uh, basically as long as this quote unquote consistent with the collegiate model. I don't even know what that means outside of Mark Emmert in a, in a story that uh, was written by Dana O'Neill at The Athletic said that uh, they're still against pay for play. So uh, and, and he said with the wording of benefit and not profit that they weren't trying to get cute. But it really sounds like they're trying to dance around this. And it really sounds like they're trying to uh, still make sure that athletes are not actually getting money. That's what it sounds like to me. And we'll we'll see how it gets clarified as the committees, you know, and, and as this kind of flushes out further. But right now. This announcement this week is only a small step by the NCAA to acknowledge that they they're, they at least know this is coming, so they're going to try and do something. Very interesting, CL. Look, I'm going to draw a parallel here, okay? I'm reaching out for this one, but this is what this reminds me of. So, C- CL, you know, uh, you, you know that I, I know a lot about, like, uh, Marvel comics and stuff like that. When Avengers and the, uh, the first Infinity War, when Infinity War came out, um, I, I, and, and Jeremy Renner was not in the movie. I said, uh, there's something wrong there. There's a, people were like, oh, no, they just didn't write a man. Why didn't they write it? I was like, no, no, there's something wrong. They don't just do that. They don't just not have somebody in there. There's something wrong. Now we're seeing that that was a very turbulent time in Jer- after Jeremy Renner's life, like going through some investigations and, and things that Disney's like, no, pump the brakes on that guy. That's what that's basically what happened. So when I hear you say that you hear something between the lines and you have, you know, you have studied ears, you have seasoned ears, I'm going to have to take it seriously. If you feel like that wording was intentional and they're trying to tiptoe around the issue. So one more time, that is what you're seeing here. Yes. That's what it says to me right at this moment. Now, it could end up swinging, you know, after it comes through the committees or whatever. They could totally come around to their senses and, you know, it, it'd be like anything else. But right now, to me, 
All this is saying is that uh, that EA Sports might be cleared to do NCAA football and basketball, <laughs> make those games again, which would make a lot of people happy. I know that much. Make oh, a lot of people happy. happy. But you know your brother was ranked third in the nation in that. Come on, boy. <laughs> it's so ironic, though, because kind of what got the ball moving in all of this was Ed O'Bannon, who played at UCLA basketball, um, his nephew, I believe, or, or a good friend of his son, somebody was playing with him in a video game. And Ed raised the question of, that is me. This is my likeness. Why am I not getting a piece of the money, the revenue off of this? Mm-hmm. And that's what started the lawsuit and everything like that going. So it's kind of ironic that, you know, it, it could end up, <laughs> that could end up coming back. But they're still mm-hmm. trying to... Uh, trying to fight or at least resist it just being a total I I just don't understand I don't get why they feel like first of all that there's an amateurism left to protect because we've been over this before on how it's there's you can't call say Carolina flying to Miami on a Tuesday night for a nine o'clock tip-off call these kids amateur you know what I'm saying when they're not getting back till you know, three and four a.m. and then they got to get up and go to class the next day. That's that's not amateur. Amateurism is taking a bus to Wake Forest to play basketball <laughs> and coming back the same night at a at a reasonable time, and and games that aren't catering to television broadcast schedules. That's amateurism. But CL, isn't it amateurism because of the lack of? Funds doesn't that make it amateurism? Everybody's making funds, but the players. Exactly. That's, that's not. That's what I'm, that's well, then point. that's not amateurism. That's that's almost like indentured servitude. Like that's not amateurism. They're getting paid the product. The NCAA is making money on the product. Coaches are making money on the product. Everybody's making money on the product, but the players. So. Uh, and this isn't even advocating at this moment in time. This isn't even advocating for players to get paid by the schools. That's why I really don't understand why they're being so resistant towards this. Hey, see, what was that phrase that you said that bothered you? What did they say um, in the in this in the statement? Consistent with the collegiate model. Okay, let's talk about that for a second. What? So I'm trying to picture what the collegiate model and what would be something that's inconsistent with the collegiate model. What do you think about this CL dude does commercial for whomever. And by the way, another side issue here, CL Nike can now the schools that say have contracts with Nike could now approach recruits and say, Hey, we're going to get you in a commercial. If you start, we're going to get you in a commercial. You're going to make a lot of money here. That could be part of it. But, but CL dude (laughs) pulls up, and, you know, he, he does a commercial, he makes big bucks, pulls up to wherever he's living in, you know, a Hummer or something crazy. Like he's he's sporting all this gold, you know, sporting all this stuff. It, 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 but that that seems to kind of belie the, the college experience. Is that something like what they're talking about? Honestly, I, I couldn't tell you. I mean, I don't know what they're talking about. I, I think that would be in the realm of what they're talking about. But I, I don't know what that phrase means in relation to, to all of this. Outside of, to me, it signals there's going to be more resistance in, in actually allowing these kids to make money. That's, that's another reason why you don't use the word profit instead of you, instead you use the word benefit. 
All right. I mean, I think you have a good point. See, let me just ask you then, what would be your solution to allowing them to profit, right? Off their likeness. My solution is pay the players, but go ahead. Uh, well, okay, but let's just, no, I'm just saying in this category, what would be your solution how to keep that regulated, not let it get way out of hand and really kind of unfair? But I don't understand what way out of hand and unfair is in a capitalistic society. You let the market determine what what prices are, you know, what the going rate is. So if someone is willing to pay a kid, you know, $100,000 to sign autographs five times during the course of the season, then that kid gets paid $100,000. Like whatever the, the market will decide. I don't I don't think I don't think there should be a cap on it. I don't think any, you know, the NCAA or schools or whatever can you you don't do that for anybody else. If I play the violin and I'm one of the best in the world and I'm a junior in college and somebody wants to pay me to join their orchestra or whatever, I can do that and make the money and still go to class or whatever, you know, I'll go on a tour in the summer and come back to class. That's no problem. So why why are you going to try and, and limit what an athlete can make or limit what – yeah, go ahead. Well, so CL – a violinist is not going to pull the G's that, you know, a football star is going to pull, a basketball maybe, star. Maybe, maybe not. The market will decide that. The market will decide The market that. as it is right now has decided that that does not happen. Well, what I'm saying is I don't think people are just going to be paying exorbitant amounts of money for, like, like for instance, let's, let's say Tim Tebow at Florida. He was rare. The, the the kind of marketing value that he had, he was rare. He would have been getting paid top dollar. But I, I can't even think of who else was on that team, on, on his teams. Well, we could say from his freshman year when Chris Leak was the starting quarterback. Sure. Tebow would have made more than Chris Leak. That's right. In, in, you know, in terms of endorsement opportunities or whatever. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm saying. Like the market will decide all of that. But I don't think anybody's going to be overpaying because – when it comes down to it, I, I think the actual influence, you know, we talk about the word I hate in today's culture. And I'm thinking of like Instagram is influencer. I hate that word. hate that term. But anyway, in terms of the influence these guys are actually going to have, and these guys and women are actually going to have in terms of selling products and that kind of stuff, I think it's going to be limited. I don't, I, don't think it's, I don't think people are going to overpay because I think the return on that investment isn't going to be that substantial. Okay, this is a fascinating subject. It's huge. I, I gotta ask you one more question, though, Sia. All right, so does this play into amateurism? Uh, is this somewhere in that ballpark of what they might think amateurism is? So, CL, there remains somewhat of an even playing field in that, you know, a school like Wake Forest has a shot at recruiting a guy to play. They have at least a shot. They, they might be a very long shot, but they have a shot. Now, if uh, Wake Forest versus Alabama, say, but, but if, if Nike get, and these corporations get behind it and, and start to, you know, pipeline this thing and help the schools, and the school can say, you're going to make 
a million in your freshman year. We're going to put you on TV. Nobody's going to make a million, but go ahead. Hey, hey, don't underestimate what they make from commercials. Why Why would Nike? Wake Forest is a Nike school, too. Okay. You being super, they are. No, I'm being, being dead serious. You're being super literal right here. I'm, I'm just saying what I'm talking about. No, but I'm not. saying what I'm saying. I'm going to the people are thinking there's going to be some wild imbalance. And now there's already imbalance. Like with the schools you just mentioned, you go to Alabama's football facilities and they're off the charts crazy. Okay. Wake Forest, they they just upgraded their facilities. Yes, yes but it's yes. not the same. Of course, it's not. apples and oranges. So it's still going to be apples and oranges comparisons when we're talking about the potential for endorsements. They're at certain schools. Right. The potential is going to be far greater than at other schools. And you don't think that's going to ruin? Schools? No. It, did it ruin it now? Before we even have this, but because we're talking about in. School. Terms of exactly, we're they talking about in terms of uh, in terms of facilities, in terms of exposure, in terms of tradition. All of those things will still factor in the same way. In terms of putting people in the pros, long as Nick Saban is at Alabama, kids are going to want to go there, not because they're going to make X amount of dollars from endorsements, but because you know what, he's putting kids in the league. I want to play in the NFL. I'm going to go play for the guy who puts me in the NFL. Sure. So all of that will still stay the same. It's not going to be like. Money, all of a sudden, if anything, I think a school like Wake Forest would have an opportunity in a city like Winston-Salem, the only Division One school, obviously, there would have an opportunity to maybe steal a kid that it wouldn't normally get because they can say, hey, we got such and such endorsements lined up for you if you come here. And that might be that might be able to sway somebody like WXII. We're going to have you on local TV. You're going to make 500 bucks. Who knows? I mean, people got—it's not like Alabama's the only place with money money boosters. Like, every school has boosters that could put up some money to get somebody. Everybody. So, it's it's not going to be some kind of crazy imbalanced field. It's The field is already imbalanced. Okay. Well, may I say with all due respect, I do—that's I, what I wonder about, CL. This has been great, though. Man, there's so much more there to talk about, but we just don't have the time, especially when we have an excellent guest waiting in the wings. Jonathan Alexander from the Raleigh News and Observer is here to talk some North Carolina football and this exciting time. So please stick around. We'll give our sponsors a listen and come on back to Sibling Rivalry Sports on 97.9 The Hill. Welcome back to Sibling Rivalry Sports on 97.9 The Hill. Up next, we have with us the Raleigh News and Observer, Jonathan Alexander, a repeat uh, guest yes. on the show. Bringing it back. He covers uh, University of North Carolina. He's been the beat writer the past two seasons. And Jonathan, welcome back, man. Welcome, welcome. Man, I'm so tight. <laughs> Yo, man, you made the sweet appearance on our, you know, Instagram there with the picture from the uh, the Tar Heels practice that time. That, yeah, that's rare air right there. That is right. I'm part of the family now. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. No doubt. No doubt. Well, you you got a big one, uh, a big one to cover coming up on Saturday. Virginia comes into Keenan Stadium. Uh, both uh, Virginia and Carolina tied for first place in the Coastal Division. 
at three and two. Not sure that Virginia was supposed to be there at the beginning of the year, but not sure that anybody predicted uh, Carolina to be in this position uh, at this point in the season. Um, first, I wanted to see if we could talk about the injury situation with Carolina because it seems like there it's it's just a growing list and and it almost seems like he's having to do it. Mac Brown is having to do it with uh, uh, patch things together right now. So what what's the latest on in terms of uh, the, you know the 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 major injuries? Yeah, so there has been a couple of updates. You know, North Carolina lost uh, four starters in their secondary injuries at, at points in the season and was about to lose a fifth after uh, Storm Ducks went down. Um, but uh, this week, a lot of those guys who were injured are starting to come back. For instance, uh, Miles Wolfolk, who before he got injured, led the ACC in interceptions and the country uh, was top five. And uh, so he's, he's expected to come back this Saturday. Uh, Trey Morrison, their number two corner, who was number two corner at the start of the season, who would be their best if he returns. He uh, broke his arm. He could come back as well. And then their senior center, Nick Polino, uh, they say he's progressed well. And he could come back as well. So that's, you know, three really good players, three of their top 15 best players to come back from injury this Saturday. And it, it, it happens at the right time and probably their most important game of the season. What's the feeling like um, still, you know, this is kind of the ripple effects from Saturday's win over Duke? Because it, it seemed like they were going to have one of those crippling kind of defeats, a long drive, a potential uh, game-winning or game-losing touchdown in the last seconds. Uh, but obviously they pulled it out. What, what's it, it, Are they over that right now? Or have if they totally moved past that, or is there still a little bit of, uh, you know, sticking out your chest going on over there? Yeah, I, I think it's really kind of helped them. You know, according to Mac Brown today, you know, they had their two best practices of the season uh, today and yesterday. And the last time Mac Brown said he was impressed with the practice, you know, they played Clemson. It was the week of Clemson, and they almost beat Clemson. Hmm. Um, so, you know, I think the win over Duke has given them much-needed confidence. It could have been the total opposite had they lost that game. But I think that they – it feels different than last year. Last year they expected to lose that game. Hmm. This year they expect to win those games. Um, hmm. So it's a different feeling, and it's given them confidence. And, uh, you know, they appear focused, at least according to Mac Brown, heading into the Virginia game. I wonder how much of that that practice that he was impressed by practice. I wonder how much of that is him speaking it into existence, or if it really happened that way. You know what I mean? Uh, like like yeah. if he wants his team to hear him publicly say publicly back them. Uh, you know what I mean? But uh, I, I don't know how how is how is Mac in terms of you know how do you separate the hyperbole from him? You know, giving you real speak. You know, I think for the most part, he gives us real speak. I mean, he's pretty upfront and honest on Wednesdays when he tells us how his team is practice. I mean, he told us, you know, after Georgia Tech was the week after Clemson, and he was, you know, pretty upset about how his team had practiced that week because he thought it wasn't at the level of Clemson. And, uh, you know, they kind of struggled uh, kind of midway through that game and then pulled away, you know, allowing Georgia Tech to put up 22 points on them. Um, so, you know, I think he, he did say prior to the testing game that they had their best practices, and then when they got there on the field, they kind of showed out. 
So I think most of the time what Mac Brown says is, you know, he's he's speaking truth. Uh, you know, I haven't had any reason so far to to doubt what he's saying. Um, so, you know, him saying that, you know, they practiced well before the Virginia game, I think that's probably true. I think part of it is wanting his players to hear it too because he knows that they pay attention to what he says, you know, to the media as well. Yeah, Jonathan, I, I love listen. I actually love listening to him. Um, all right, well, just dropping back a little bit here, uh, uh, folks. You can find Jonathan Alexander on Twitter at John M M as in uh, making big bucks. Uh, John John M Alexander, and and could you just go ahead and tell everybody who that is in your your profile pic that you're very much chilling with? Oh. Um, that's uh, J. Cole. CL was there too, but he saw he saw it happen in person. <laughs> I was trying to get a picture for you, but luckily somebody else beat me to it. Folks, I would like to invite our listening audience to um, to go ahead and make a caption for that one for that that profile pic of Jonathan Alexander J. Cole. Uh, I, I have one to just kick it off. Maybe maybe I don't know. CL will spring for a prize for the winner, but I, I want to kick it off, and it's this. Jo- Jonathan saying, "So you think I should grow my my hair out, man? That there you go. Oh, that's it. That's that it. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Right there. Great, great. I'm grabbing my hair at the same time. He got his. He's been growing his hair out for a minute. That's perfect, right there. <laughs> there you go. Somebody's got to top me on that one. Um, yeah. Well, so you know, you have a lot of interesting articles that you've written about with the, just kind of this phenomenon that's happening um, in Chapel Hill, but one that grabbed my eye was Storm Duck. And I, I, I'm in agreement with what people said. Uh, he, he'd better be a great football player, but I, I, I think the way I came at it was that he, he, is, he is going to be, with a name like that, he's going to be a great football player. But what what is the uh, story behind that name? So, you know, Storm Duck, his mom told me that when she was young, um, probably in her late teens, early 20s, well, ever since she was a kid, she used to love uh, to watch uh, soap operas. And uh, her, her favorite soap opera, uh, off the top of my head, I can't remember right now. I just read the story like 10 minutes ago, so I should remember. <laughs> uh, but uh, if y'all want the specifics on that, check out that story. But uh, so those, those soap operas she used to watch, and uh, one of the characters' name was Storm Logan. She thought to herself that she loved that name, and if she ever had a child, uh, she named him Storm. And uh, so it came to be. She had a child, told her husband what the deal was, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he wasn't initially on board, but she got him on board and named him Storm. And and you know, I just I found it funny, you know, kind of meeting Storm. I don't I don't want to reveal too much of the story, but uh, you know. Uh, He's, he's not exactly, his personality isn't exactly what you would think of when you think of Storm. But but definitely check out that story if y'all get a chance. No doubt. And we can find that story on uh, or at the newsandobserver.com. I just tweeted it out, too. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> the funny thing about that is Storm ain't the coldest. You know about the coldest, don't you? The coldest? Yeah, the coldest. You don't know the coldest, Crawford? Oh, Dakota's Crawford? You said he's not him? Yeah, yeah. I'm saying his name. Storm is not Dakota. Dakota's Crawford. Dakota's. That's literally his he's, name. That's his name. Y'all don't know about Dakota's? 
No. I'm dead serious, y'all. <laughs> How do you spell that? How are you spelling that? I think it's D-E-C-O-L-D-E-S-T. All right, we're going to have to legislate some. He, uh, he just committed to LSU. He's in the 20... 2022 class, I do believe. He's like a receiver. The coldest. The coldest. I can't believe y'all haven't heard this. We're gonna have to. His name has been out there for a minute. Some name legislation, <laughs> child name protection laws. <laughs> now with a name like that, you gotta come to play. You got to. I mean, Jonathan, I, th- I really think you should adapt that name, man. Jonathan the coldest Alexander. That there, it, that's it right there. That's it. That's a lot of pressure to live. <laughs> that is a lot of pressure. <laughs> I'm thinking he might should just go by DC if he's not getting playing time, but especially if he's not good those first few years. Yeah, that's right. Hey, so Jonathan, after um after the uh, let's see. I think it was after the Duke no, was it after the Duke game? Coach Mac Brown said in a television interview. Um, that Carolina football is back. That's what he said. He said, you know, like walking out the field, Carolina football is back. And I thought that was really interesting because we have a cousin who, you know, went to App State and after App State beat Carolina, our cousin declared App State is the premier program in North Carolina. But uh, Mac Brown kind of making that declaration the other day, you know, Carolina football is back. Uh, this is a fun place to be, et cetera, et cetera. It seems like part of his campaign is, you know, this is the and of course, that's his job. But I'm just saying the this is the place to be in North Carolina. Now, what what? What would you say to that? Would you say because of these big platforms and, you know, the publicity he's getting that uh, he's still able to make that claim, even though, you know, there there have been the losses, the in-state losses? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I would say this. I, I don't know if they're all the way back because, you know, when they were at their height and he was there, they were winning, um, you know, nine out of their 11 games or 10 out of their 12 games. Mm-hmm. Um, still think they need to win a little bit more. But, you know, I think you can kind of see it's heading and trending in, this, in the right direction. I think all six of their, or five, I think it's five, actually, all five, including this Virginia game, um, of their home game, have been sold out. They have a six True. game against Mercer um, that they have a, a, a few tickets left. But, uh, you know, in, in years past, that hasn't been the case. I, I don't remember the last time uh, North Carolina sold out of five home games, let alone three or four. Um, but they're also getting recruits. You know, they just got five-star recruits, Desmond Evans. Um, mm-hmm. They have one of the top recruiting classes in the ACC, probably um, so far their best recruiting class um, in a number of years. And, uh, you know, it seems to keep coming. So I think they're heading in the right direction of where they want to be. Uh, you know, I think he's trying to speak that into existence as well. Um, but if all continues go on the path that it looks like it's going, you know, I think you will see Carolina back. Man, you guys have Mac Brown as a Jedi here <laughs> speaking things into existence and stuff, man. I'm going to go ask him for like a car or something. Well, um, so how much is, has Mac allowed the, the players to, or how much has Mac himself talked up 
you know, the coastal division and this and the importance of this game. Although we, we, we were discussing uh, how Virginia Tech ultimately um, controls controls how this can play out because if they win out, then they win the division with the head-to-head win over Carolina, the six-overtime win. But um, but Carolina is obviously right in place right now. Um, it, does does he talk about big picture like that, or is it really just about beating Virginia on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, he does talk about big picture. I mean, because they know it's possible. They know if they beat Virginia um, and they and they win out the rest of their ATC game, they can win a coastal division as long as Virginia Tech doesn't do some miraculous things. Because Virginia, Virginia Tech has some tough games. Yes. Virginia and Wake Forest come down the stretch. Uh-huh. Um, but, it, I mean, the, the way the coastal division has played out, anything could happen. <laughs> anything. Uh, <laughs> I'm telling you. Um but yeah, yeah, he has talked about big picture. They know the magnitude of this game. I think that's probably why they were as focused as they were this week. Um, um, and they—that's what—that's the, their goal. Their goal is to win the coastal. And, and in order to do that, they'll have to take down the best teams and they'll have to likely win the rest of their games. All right. Hey, uh, just again, kind of on the side of the road here. I'm just wondering what your fashion critique would be for the uh, the navy blues that they broke out. I guess once a year they can have an alternate uniform. And those those helmets, I don't I don't know that we've ever seen those that exact helmet. So any yeah. thoughts? I mean, I thought they were pretty nice. You know, a lot of people didn't seem to like them. They thought they looked like Duke a little bit, but uh, they seem pretty stylish. The helmets uh, go for quite a bit. I don't know if I would have paid that much for a helmet. How much do they go? Because, yeah, I heard most of them are selling out. Yeah, they, I, they were selling for a couple hundred or a few hundred dollars over 700 man. It was Good a lot of money. Lord. I didn't know I didn't have that kind of money. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I thought it was pretty fast. It was pretty fashionable. So, you know, they did their thing, and apparently the the players chose that uniform. Uh-huh. You know, they got a couple of Kids on that team. I don't even like the the foot on the helmet. Like I, th- I think if it's not the the logo, the interlocking N and C, I think it should be just Ramesses' head, the head of the Tar Heel. Mm-hmm. Like I've seen a bunch of T-shirts like that with just the head, but yeah, I'm not a big fan yeah. of the foot. But that's yeah, just me. Of, uh, the, the foot kind of creeps me out because <laughs> got a lot of uh, a lot of people who. Uh, a lot of trolls who use that uh, that uh, as their profile pic to troll me. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, before we let you go, do you have a prediction for Saturday's game, Carolina Virginia? I mean, you you did on the five, you know, in your feature on on your your dot com newsobserver dot com. So I don't know if you're gonna yeah. give us a preview. I'm, I'm I'm sticking with that project, prediction. Um, I'm saying UNC is going to win 24-23. Um, you know, seven of their eight games have been decided by six points or less. So I'm, until they do something else, I'm not going any farther than six points. Mm-hmm. 24-23 UNC because UVA has lost three in a row at, on the road. Um, Bryce Perkins, um, who who runs who runs that team, uh, he suffered a leg injury. Uh, against Louisville, he came back, but he could be hobbled. Um, I think that uh, works in UNC's favor. They're also confident. The home game for them, I think UNC has lost two games at home, and that was against App State and Clemson. Um, I think they'll pull this one out. Wow, th- 
Did you see this? This just in. John, Jonathan Decoldus Alexander has been elected <laughs> mayor of Chapel Hill. Wow, that was that was amazing. And he, he used the his campaign slogan: "If you want Decoldus, vote for Decoldus." <laughs> wow, that's. I'm impressed. I'm truly impressed that you put all that together. Jonathan, thank you so much for joining us, man. Your family, your family. Thanks for for, for hanging in with us, and uh, we we always enjoy you, man. Take care. Hope everything's going well for you. Thanks a lot. I'm honored. I'll talk to y'all later. All right. Appreciate you, Jonathan. That's Jonathan Alexander. Again, you can find him on Twitter, uh, John, at John M. Alexander, and uh, he covers all things Carolina and other colleges for newsandobserver.com. All right, so we're going to come back here. We're going to cover more things as well. So stick and stay with Sibling Rivalry Sports on 97.9 The Hill. Welcome back to Sibling Rivalry Sports on 97.9 The Hill, where we always chill. We're going to talk some college basketball with C.L. Brown Hoopster. Sorry, I had to add the stir. <laughs> yeah, we got uh, the full slate is about to open up here next week. The Champions Classic tips off on Tuesday with uh, Duke in Kansas and Michigan State. Uh, in Kentucky. So it's basically four out of the top five ranked teams will be in action. I think it's a great event to launch the season opener, even though what we see on Tuesday will be nowhere near where these teams are at the end of the year. At least I feel that way for uh, Duke and Kentucky specifically because of the, the, the amount of youth that they're going to be relying on. Um, I saw Duke in, a, in their scrimmages, in their exhibitions um, earlier, and they, they it's a lot different than last year. I'll put it that way. I mean, we obviously knew that talents like Zion Williamson and R.J. Barrett playing together um, is, is a rare thing, and we knew this team is going to be different. But um, this team looked at, at times in these exhibition games they played looked very young. So, um, so it it'll be interesting to see how they come out against Kansas, how they gel, um, if they are able to win. Because, you know, Kansas is no joke <laughs> either. So, and I kind of feel the same way about Carolina. I'm really interested to see when they open against Notre Dame on Wednesday uh, how they're going to look. We got notes uh, supplied. From uh, from Steve Kirshner, UNC um, Sports Information, from their close scrimmage against Villanova, and uh, which ended up being 54 minutes. They they do scrimmages are situational. It's not like they just roll the ball out and play an actual game. Mm-hmm. Um, they break it down in a segment. So the coaches agree on what they want to do beforehand. So uh, in this case, Roy Williams and Jay Wright. So. Um, yeah, but it was interesting. So over the full 40, 54 minutes, uh, Cole Anthony led Carolina with 28 points. I think it's pretty – I don't think it's it's stepping out on a limb to say Cole Anthony will be a leading scorer for Carolina this year. Uh, I think especially early because so many guys are in different roles this year and so many new faces are on that team. He's a talented kid, capable point guard. He's going to have the ball in his hands. I think he'll be – 
<laughs> I think he'll be the leading scorer. So hmm. um, it, it's going to be, man, it's, it's, this, this is a different kind of Carolina team with so many new guys and two graduate transfers. So uh, I think finding roles early is going to be important for them. And Notre Dame, you know, with the launching of the ACC network and, and every team starting off with a game and league play, uh, Notre Dame is going to be formidable. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if Notre Dame came in and won on on opening night in Chapel Hill because they got veteran guys who were injured and things like that last year. They had a rough year, but those guys are back. So, And Mike Bray always pulls something out of his hat. So um, it's going to be a challenging opener. I, I can't wait to see it. The, you know, the one question I have from early on when you're what you're saying, could you just be specific, define young when you, you're saying Duke looks young? Yes. Yeah. So what what how is that going to play out is what I'm asking. Well, I mean, it could play out in defensive lapses. It could play out in in like in their first exhibitions. They had 11 turnovers in the first half against uh, Division two Northwest Missouri State. So now that's a good team. It's a great. They won the Division Two championship. That's been Mike Shashevsky's thing is to schedule the defending D two champion as an exhibition game every year uh, for like the past decade. But um, still, coming into Cameron, you shouldn't have that. And it was it was like silly mistakes, miscommunication, the ball being thrown where they thought somebody was going to be, like that kind of stuff. Um, instead of just the defense being so good and kind of dictating situations where they, they get you to turn it over. This was just kind of Duke, you know, being uh, careless with the ball in situations. So I, I think that comes with uh, not only being young, but he's playing a lot of different combinations because they're planning on using, you know, 10 people this year, which is which is the first in a long time for a Coach K team to, to go that deep. So... Um, I think they're still just kind of getting used to each other. So, you know, that, that could manifest itself differently when it's under the lights of Madison Square and you're playing for the real thing. Now, CL, you have a you got a you got a YouTube channel, don't you? Yes, clbrownhoops.com. Uh well, CL Brown Hoops is is the YouTube channel. Um check me out. I'm going to be posting a lot more videos and everything this year. So, uh, and hit that subscribe button. That's important, too. That's right. That's right. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. Well, thank you, folks, for subscribing to us and uh, and listening. And so we have, hey, hey, we're not done. We're not done. We have another segment. And, of course, it's one of your favorites. It's time for the brownout right after these commercial messages on Sibling Rivalry Sports 97.9 The Hill. Welcome back to Sibling Rivalry Sports on 97.9 The Hill. It's time for the Brownout. The Brownout. Yet another football league is trying to get started. What was your first thought when you heard about Major League Football? How did I feel when I heard about Major League League Football? Look, I, I love football and everything, but I just... They've already lost $20 billion. I just thought, this is going to be embarrassing. I'm rooting for them, CL, but that's what I thought. This is like any other startup. There's going to be money come, money go, and difficult to get treading first. But 
somebody's going to figure out the formula of spring football. So why not them? If you were an athlete going to college who could profit from your name, image, or likeness, who would you want to be paid to endorse? If I was coming into college right now, I think that I would want to endorse somebody that's going to give me clothes. I'd be going after some kind of dealership where uh, maybe it's part money, part clothing supply, which that would be dope, man. <laughs> wow. Well, I am much less thoughtful about it. I would just want to be on the cover of NCAA 2020. Oh, that's a good one, too. Big NFL showdown between the Ravens and the Patriots. Who you got? And we're going out with the prediction here. I'm saying Patriots 31, Ravens 20. Why hit me with that bomb at the end of the show? Are you serious? You're telling me that the Patriots, who can only score six, isn't that in game in New England? No, it's it's oh, in, okay. Uh, okay, do you want to recalibrate now? Because no, well, okay, 30 to 20. Oh my, really? <laughs> They're going to come in our house. See, I was calm before that. I was calm. They're going to come in our house. It's too and put, late. And beat us by 10. It's too late. And put third. Huh, huh? It's too late to get hype. The show is over. <laughs> You're funny. You're funny. Okay, let me see if I can. Let, let me just say this, folks. The Patriots, we ain't afraid of no Patriots. That's all I got to say. Mr. Belichick, Coach Belichick, I've been tweeting this out. Please give your boys Friday night off like you did a couple seasons ago before you came into in the, in the Baltimore for a primetime game. Give them Friday night off again. Let's see how that works out for you. That's all I got to say. We're coming to play, baby. That's it. Well, all we have to say is thank you for tuning in to another edition. We hope that you stick with us next week as well. Right here on 97.9 The Hill, I'm C.L. Brown. And I'm Chris Brown, and this is Sibling, Sibling Rivalry, Rivalry Sports. Sports.